Job 4, 1-8 Then Eliphaz, the Tamanite, answered and said, If one ventures a word with you, will you be impatient? Yet who can keep from speaking? Behold, you have instructed many, and you have strengthened the weak hands. Your words have upheld him who was stumbling, and you have made firm the feeble knees. But now it has come to you, and you are impatient. It touches you, and you are dismayed. Is not your fear of God your confidence, and the integrity of your ways your hope? Remember, who that was innocent ever perished, or where were the upright cut off? As I have seen, those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Um, so we, we start, the friends are starting to, they're hearing Job. And Job's like, I wish I would never been born, cursed all creation. And so they're like, maybe we should say something to him. And so they they start speaking into his life. And uh, we hear a word here from Eliphaz. So yeah, what's your, what's your thoughts on this? The friends are fascinating to me because a lot of what they say is true and right. They just say it at the wrong time to the wrong person. I mean, this language here of the fear of God and integrity, we already heard that in Job 1. God affirmed that Job has these things, but it's not that Eliphaz seems to think that the fear of God and Job's integrity will protect him from suffering. In fact, it's precisely because he feared the Lord and had integrity that God allowed him to suffer. So the friends just completely misunderstand Job's situation. And we need to be really careful when we're responding to someone who's suffering that we don't theologize their situation um, with our limited human understanding and say, oh, I clearly can see what God is trying to tell you right. <laughs> through this. You know, I, I, think that's, I think that's incredibly helpful, even for me personally, because people will come to me and like want me to make sense of their situation just because like I'm a pastor and they'll be like, you know, this happened and they'll kind of lead me and say, don't you think it's because of this, this, and this? And you want to say, well, yeah, you know, that sounds good. Um, But uh, I think to your point, just being careful to, uh, you know, again, the the ways the Lord are beyond our ways. And and I don't exactly know, I can't exactly know um, why the Lord is doing one thing to one person or allowing something to happen to one person and not allowing it to happen to another person. Uh, The ways the Lord in so many ways are confusing. Um, And what's most dangerous that the friends do, and if we're honest with ourselves, at least I've found this to be true in my life, we can do this as well, which is not only do we try and theologize people's suffering, but we particularly try and put people in a different category than ourselves to protect ourselves from their suffering. And so that's what you see verse eight, for example, as I have seen those who plow iniquity and sow trouble reap the same, right? What Eliphaz and the friends try and do is say, clearly, Job, you're suffering because of some sin in your life. And the reason they're so motivated to do that is because They don't want it to be true that a righteous man could suffer. They want protection. Because that would mean that they could suffer in a similar kind of way. And this is, you know, if we're honest with ourselves, we can fall into the same temptation to blame the victim. I mean, there's a reason why that's such a common response to suffering, to blame the victim. Because if we can say it's something that they did wrong, we'll feel more safe. Whose sin was it? His or his parents, right? Exactly. The same thing that, that Jesus confronts. 
in the New Testament. And, and again, it, it, that's also not to say that there are not consequences for our sin and that some suffering is not brought about by it. So, of course, you, you can't go too far with that. I mean, yeah. there are real consequences to sin, but some people never bear those consequences on this side of, you know, that's another thing. You know. Yeah, and that's something that comes up later in the debate between Job and the friends in chapters 21 and 22. I mean, Job says, it just seems unjust that the wicked prosper. Right. And you see that also in Psalm 73. Uh, and so in that regard, Job in so many ways is pushing us to trust God. And we have to trust that there will come a day when God, God's demonstration of his justice will occur. And we will see that he will make all things right. But the friends work from the assumption that that's immediate. We can look at right. any situation and we can know. It should never have happened unless you messed up big time, Joe. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, that's good. And, and I think there's a lot of lessons in here about just understanding the nature of the character of God, but also just how to be a good friend. And and sometimes you can be the worst friend with the best of intentions. And which is what I actually think that the friends are. are. Right. Like we give them a, a bad rep, but they, in fact, they're coming here to try they're and. trying comfort. to be a good comfort. Not only are they trying to comfort Job, they're also trying to defend God. Both of those are good things, but the way that they do it in this context uh, ends up being bad. And you, you hear that from Job, from the mouth of God himself at the end of the book. It's very interesting. Well, we got a lot more to go. We're, we're not, as you're noticing, reading the whole book, but this is just giving us a great overview. I do encourage you, as we're reading through the book of Job, to be reading it in its entirety and meditating on these passages. And we'll see you again tomorrow. But for now, for Will Kynes, I'm Jason Dees. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404 404- 465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for our daily rhythm.